What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funnies, the Conjuring Universe Cinematic Universe in review. Cuckoo, baby. Cuckoo. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by big old Bathsheba himself. <laughs> Every time. Greg Millis. <laughs> <laughs> the nun, Elise Williams. Oh, there's no religion here, Far Tim. from it. Far from it. <laughs> <laughs> the crooked man, James Willems. Keep, keep. You'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> the old man from Conjuring 2, Nick Scarpino. I got such a chair. short end of the stick. I know, I Mr. Wilkins. Always yeah, do. but it's more Mr. fun to call, call it like it is. You know what I mean? I this know. is the Conjuring Universe Cinematic Universe in Review, where we are ranking and reviewing every movie in said universe. You can watch this on twitch.tv slash live, or you can watch it later on youtube.com slash roosterteeth.com or just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny reviews, and we will be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, James Davis at James Davis makes and Andrew Feisner did. Thank you all. Oh, so very much. Also, this episode is brought to you by a bunch of very cool sponsors, including Manscaped keeps bespoke post. But most importantly, it is brought to you by a youth novel called a night in a Halloween house by Hell none yeah. other than Elise Willems. Elise, I know you hate this right now. I know you hate us talking about inside. this. Woo! The Our kids are going to be just covered in sweat. <laughs> Over the last six years, you've been working on, here and there, this children's youth novel. A little redundancy there for me. But what do you want to say about it? When you reduce it in that way, it seems like a very... <laughs> uh, Minor accomplishment. <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I wrote this book, and it's just uh, kind of like an ode to nostalgic Halloweens. A, a little bit scary, maybe. Um, Halloween's my favorite holiday, much you? like Greg, uh, the king of Halloween. Thank you. Um, superior David S. <laughs> yeah. Pumpkin suit. I, I thought it was uh, blessing, but okay. No, <laughs> if you go to Spirit Halloween's Twitter, you see that they I'm. They do the have King blessing blocked. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. um, mm. which I agreed with. I, thank I you. Agreed with thank that you. Measure, um, but yeah, thank you guys for shouting out. All of you have been super supportive to me, uh, like Greg especially. So I appreciate you guys. Um, and now your out. thing. Now your thing. I watched her working on it and often <laughs> thought this would be a good opportunity for me to also work on my things that I want to create, but I didn't. Um, but I have escaped the underworld three times in Hades. Oh, so shit. I am not without yeah. accomplishment. That's better. Yeah. That's better than what I did. Pro gamer. <laughs> Pro gamer. <laughs> wow. What an honor to be among all of you. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. You can, guys can check out in the link in the description below. It's a link to the Amazon Kindle version oh, you of don't have to do that. A Night in Halloween House. <laughs> do you guys have oh, a yeah. referral link, an affiliate link, so at least you guys can get some back end for that? <laughs> we, do, we do, but we don't know what it is. We, we don't, don't know how to yeah. use that. We don't know how to do that. No <laughs> idea. No idea at all how to use that. But again, congrats, Elise. That is super, super awesome. It's awesome. Thank uh, you, guys. Our but we're not talking about a night in Halloween house today. A night in Halloween house in reviews coming eventually. But today, <laughs> yeah, chapter yeah. by chapter, <laughs> we're talking about Annabelle Creation, a.k.a. Annabelle 2, released August 11th, 2017, which, man, that doesn't seem like that long ago. Nope. Like These Conjuring movies feel very kind of backloaded. Yeah. You know, they're they kind of them out. pumping mm-hmm. them out, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by David F. Sandberg, who is a Swedish filmmaker. Do you guys remember who he is? He did Shazam. Which he is did awesome. Shazam. There you yes. go. And and the, <laughs> the older sister 
in this movie in Jeanette, yeah, is also is the older actually, sister in Miss Marvel. So it's funny. I didn't know who he was um, until I caught a random – someone I think recommended his YouTube channel for me. And he mm-hmm. does a lot of like do-it-yourself filmmaking tutorials on his channel. And I was like, oh, this guy really knows what he's talking about. And then I looked him up. I was like, oh, it's because he's the guy that directed mm-hmm. Shazam. So that's why. <laughs> he is and, like, best he's, known yeah. for his collective no-budget horror short films under the online pseudonym Pony Smasher. And for his 2016 directorial debut, Lights Out, which was oh, based okay. on his 2013 horror short of the same name. Gotcha. Remember this, guys? That, yep. that was good. Yep. That was very short. I never saw Lights Out, and I always get that confused with Don't Breathe because Don't Breathe is the one about the guy who can't see, and Lights Out is the one Mm -hmm. about the guy who can't breathe. I can't remember if that's the guy. I I never saw the movie, but the short was fantastic. Did you guys see the movie? Yeah. I saw it. Lights Out was the one with the the kid? No. When the ghost and the kid. Lights Out is is a young woman, I believe. You don't want the lights out, Nick. You should watch it. I think you would enjoy it. At least watch the short. It's I mean, fantastic. The short's great. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, when I'm watching his YouTube video, he's he's got a hilarious, like a good personality. And then watching the videos, he like there's he literally did a whole series about like mistakes that he made in Shazam and like went through them and was like, here's how hard oh, this scene that. was to direct. There's there's a moment that got, sorry to ruin this for you guys, but there's a great shot where he's like, hey, we had this. He's like, you think it's really easy to direct these DC films and you don't make mistakes because you have a budget, but here's a shot where we looked at it and we had already moved locations. And he goes, it's not – and he's like, this happens all the time where you move locations and then you go back and watch the shot and you go, huh, I wonder why I allowed half the crew to be standing in the background of the shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he goes, and all we had time to do and all we had budget to do was like just composite shopping bags into their hands and just make them part of the, the scenery. So oh it's my like God. He's, he's got a really cool down-to-earth like vibe of like I totally fucked this whole movie up. But it ended up being – not whole movie. He fucked up shots from it. But it ended up – you know, it's production and you just have to figure it out and make it work. Yeah, so – a lot of his personality is actually seen in something that I want to show you guys. So he directed The Lights Out. That was his debut. He also directed the Contra Universe, Universe spinoff film, Unibrow. Annabelle Creation, uh, <laughs> and then Shazam, the seventh installment in the DC Extended Universe. So there's a lot of DCEU and uh, Contra Universe, yeah. you know, brothership Ocean going Master. on here. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. uh, the seventh installment of DCEU and his new avant-garde film on his YouTube channel, I Flip You Off for Four Hours. Yeah. And I was cool. like, okay. what? Okay, what is this? So I went to his YouTube channel, checked it out. And uh, yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a video of him standing there. But is it looped? Flipping you off for four hours. Now, yeah. I tried to do a little research into this. Okay. And like dogma, based dogma on, and by research, I mean, I looked at the comments and read what other sure. people did sure. research on. Tim search. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tim search. Exactly. And they have decided that he stood here like this for about 20 minutes. Okay. Before looping it, which I gotta say, I'm impressed. Still impressed. Still impressed. Yeah, that's that's a long time to hold my, hold my arms up. I can right? do that. <laughs> like this is this is a lot. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. about all that. But I also learned one other thing in the comments uh, that brings me great joy because this is a four hour movie, right? Mm-hmm. Barrett, can you please go to the three hour mark? Yes, please, Barrett. It's just the thriller video. All right. <laughs> it's Conjuring Three. And just let it play. Let it play from here. Oh, is there Easter egg? There must. Oh yeah, and it is bizarre. Annabelle. The fourth. Okay. Kid messing up his hair. It's backward. It's reverse. For audio listeners, you should definitely come over and watch this video because shit gets fucking weird. (laughs) What's he taking? What's he stuffing that stuff into? Toilet paper? Oh, it's toilet, yeah, paper. toilet paper. Okay. 
This is awesome. <laughs> this is better than 99% of the shit I see on TikTok. You don't you watch TikTok? TikTok? No, I don't yeah, watch TikTok. Like, what are you doing on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> He's awesome. You guys should watch. You guys, I actually encourage you to watch his like from made from home shorts. I watched a couple of them, and they're really. I mean, he's obviously a really good director, but it's just him and his wife, like, and, and they're like little DSLR, and they're awesome. Is, is, he him a kid? is he a kid here? I, I think I, I think this is him. He it, it, the face definitely looks like a younger version of. Yeah. Oh, so this is, I mean, it's 4 or 3. It looks like home videos. So yeah. This is yeah. When he was a Back kid, in the day. When he didn't know he was going to be a filmmaker. Maybe he thought he was going to be a magician or one of those ribbon, <laughs> or one of the ribbon people from the gym. The or maybe he, yeah, he knew he was interested in filmmaking and he's screwing around with a backwards uh, mm-hmm. video. I don't Greg, know, Greg. That sounds insane. <laughs> Greg, can I have one second where you just play into the joke? <laughs> no. This is why Anyways. I like working with James and Elise. He look, I think he's more of a plumber because of his affinity Lane for pipe. toilet paper. Oh, Lay so. pipe. There you go. Uh, but I'm very impressed with this man, and uh, many people should be, because this movie had a budget of $15 million at <laughs> a box again, office. Which, again, I was, before you say the box office, I hear I, I, I do the thing where I hear $15 million and I go, good God, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But I know My in terms word. of movies, that's not a lot of money. Being on this show, doing interview every week uh, for all mm-hmm. the different franchises, when we name the amount of money for movies, it's mm-hmm. always it always baffles me when it, like certain numbers are said because we get used to this. Fifteen million is like Micro it might budget. be the lowest we've we've heard, or definitely besides like the first Nolan movie following. Sure. Like this mm-hmm. is definitely one of the lowest with a box office return of three hundred six and a half million dollars. That's a Pretty lot of good. that's a lot Pretty of good. Money. Wait, Insane. How much? how much was this budget compared to the first Annabelle? Let me look you know? that up. I can find that out very easily. If that was Wikipedia. more, that I mean, first off, this movie looks like it cost five times more to make than that first Annabelle so, movie. Well, Annabelle well, one was one six point five helps. million. Well, okay, that okay. actually, which is also a lot less, but it made two hundred fifty six, which is this still movie, very impressive. This movie, just as far as well, first off, as far as like the skill of filmmaking is concerned, is just so much better made than that first Annabelle movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's it feels like it is an actual like should come out during the summer what kind of blockbustery horror film. It's shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. I think he picked he did a good job of again, still for some reason playing into the necessity to have more than 15 Hey, they <laughs> deviated with the first Annabelle and had one kid. And they and were like, fuck, this work. movie wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Shove, let's let's copy the conjuring. The copy back. the yeah. conjuring, bring in a million kids. kids. Give me a demon that can puke on people. But mm-hmm. they somehow made each kid. I think he did a great job of directing them. First off, I think the kids did a great job. And I think he did a good job of, of distinguishing between all of them, even though they're all relatively like within the age span of 10 years from each other. Um, yeah. And you know what they're all doing at one time, except for there's there's one kid. Well, I'm like, I th- there's, there's one, one thing that like, oh, I was like, where'd you come from? But the rest <laughs> of the kids uh, seem pretty good. You but think again, at this point you'd be able to keep track? Like you'd <laughs> you'd know that we're going into a cuckoo viewing, and you're going to start writing down the kids and stuff. I should. But, I just know that one's name was Janice, and the re- I don't know what the rest of their names were. But to um, your Janice and Linda. Linda was the other one, right? That's the one we hung out. They hung out together. About about the great summer movie, Nick. James and I saw this at the drive-in Canadian Summer. Canadian Summer at the yes. Drive-In. Canadian Summer at the Drive-In. Doesn't get better and it than was, that. And it was a fantastic drive-in movie mm-hmm. because, like, you know, it, it's not the best movie, but in the context of which we were seeing it, it was a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. I think, see, I think, it, I think it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and obviously, it's very much reminiscent of the other movies we've seen because they're all just about a haunting that happens in a house. Um, but what I was telling, I was uh, having coffee with my wife this morning, and she was like, how was the movie last night? I was like, actually pleasantly surprised because I was more invested in um, Anthony LaPaglia and Miranda Otto's story than I had given it credit for. Mm, and I was yeah. like, if this actually weren't a horror movie, I would still be interested in the premise of this film, which is mm-hmm. that this couple that's lost their daughter yeah. adopts six orphans and like lets them use their house and then of course finds you know if this were a drama it would be anthony lapaglia finding his way back to redemption mm-hmm. and you know everyone would live happily ever after Fortunately, would you put renee zellweger in that picture i would absolutely put renee zellweger <laughs> every little thing she does is magic. <laughs> um, but yeah but I, I was like i actually really enjoyed watching this and i think that a lot of the scares specifically got me uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he went back to I think the first Annabelle, the, the big problem I had was that it was like a lot of jump cuts and they thought that was going to be scary. And it ends up being turns out when you just get decent actors and just stay on them, that is the scariest trigger for me. Like Absolutely. when I can't see what's on frame left or frame right and you just stay mm-hmm. there and it's just just long enough, mm-hmm. man, I start to freak out in the dark. One of yeah. the most important changes, in my opinion, was the design of Annabelle, which feels a little bit older and f- and. F- feels i mean she looks slightly different but also just the way that they're lighting her the way that they're framing her in shots they're not mm-hmm. doing these like weird close-ups The annabelle felt much more uh sinister than she scary did for the first yeah. Yeah. yeah scary yeah yeah there's only yeah. one shot there's only one shot of her where i was like that's they should have gotten something else for that and there's the shot where um janice goes into her room for the first time Oh, no. And then she goes back into her. No, she goes into like the one of the rooms where they make the dolls or whatever. And the door closes and you see the Annabelle doll behind her. Mm -hmm. And then the Annabelle doll stands up. And for whatever reason, they cast a six foot four actor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like like an NFL linebacker that just stands up. But it wasn't that like it wasn't that tall where you're like oh my god it's gonna keep going up it just stood up and they were like we just need who's the shortest person on the crew right now <laughs> who's the shortest right. tall person yeah exactly. <laughs> i actually love that weird. that scene with the sheet yeah it's covering it I, I love that and i love that the mechanic of keeping annabelle in the closet oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah they did a great job with that too i think that's those are the scares this one excels at, I think, where, yeah, it's coming at you and then it falls down, which is creepy enough. Uh, when uh, Linda is in the bed or she shoots the thing out and it bounces right and then it gets grabbed. And then when she gets in a bed and you hear the and like, like, you know, you should see it by that point, but you don't see it like that's So good at being scary, genuinely scary, man. And they said they're literally like, what's scary beds? How can we? How do we take Terrible. that Double like, down. thousand notch bunk mm-hmm. beds? Yeah. Oh my god, the bunk bed scene. I was like, I don't well, like this. That's one of my favorite things about this movie is that it telegraphs everything. Yeah. Like it's not just scares for the sake of scares. It's like it, it basically like you arrive at the house and you're like, are you kidding me? It's a terrifying house in the middle of nowhere. And then it basically like they're like, let's take you on a tour of the house. And they go, here's this nightmare uh, elevator. Yep. That'll take you up the stairs. That's a nightmare, and it's going to be terrifying later. Uh, over here, I, is I, do this... pe- I do appreciate how they all applaud, though. When <laughs> yeah, she gets yeah, on, yeah. it starts with like, like, "All right, yeah." <laughs> and they're like, "Over here is the uh, the nightmare room where the doll's going to be moving back and forth." Like they just yeah. basically take you around, and everything is kind of here's, like, a, here's really this well creaky old dumb waiter, right? Like that yeah. one totally yeah. you end up as a guillotine for somebody. Guillotine mm-hmm. for somebody. The chair is always one of those things where, I, and I can't remember 
what movie it was. I know Gremlins. there was a chair in Gremlins, right? Yeah. Was there another one in um, Tales from the Crypt or one of those type anthology movies that you guys remember where the cat maybe kills the old lady? Maybe I guess it was just Gremlins because Gremlins should get shot out of the window, right? Yeah, the Gremlins yeah. hotwire her chair and launch her. James will know because wicker wheelchairs is one of his greatest fears. Oh, yeah, terrifying. I'd oh, rather if I if I if something happened to me, say if something happened to me, I was sent back through time to the turn of the century or even up to let's say up to the 1920s or whatever, right? Depression era stuff. And mm-hmm. the time travel severed my spine, forcing sure. me to no longer be able to use my legs to walk. Mm-hmm. And they the doctors arrived and they said, "Well, you're never going to be able to walk again in this time period, but we have prepared this wicker che- wheelchair for you to roll around in." I would say I'll crawl. Thank you very much. Yeah. That would be how I'd react. Just. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Never thought about it, but I get it. Never thought about it, but I get it. (laughs) Most people don't. I enjoyed enjoyed this movie so much to the point that I'm questioning where I rank it. Like, it's a weird thing for me where it's debatably number one for me because I think it learned the most from the other ones and kind of replicated and delivered in certain ways but i still think that there's something about conjuring the conjuring movies just feel superior to the annabelle one so far they do and has the the element of the team coming in to solve the problem yeah this Mm -hmm. one i think what i really liked about it was they made one really important creative choice is they were like one of the characters literally goes we have to get out of here and then the nun goes we don't have anywhere else to go yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no one coming to save us. There's nothing we can do. And that moment, you're like, oh, that's so scary. Because what are they like? They, they're kids. First off, they try to drive a yeah. car. I can't figure out how to use they're the orphans. Mm-hmm. They're orphans. They got no parents. No one's going to look out for them. And apparently, that priest just dropped them off like so, they're yeah. on Mars, took yeah. them off back to Earth, and was like, I'm never coming back to you. Idiots. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird for me because, like, in so many ways, this movie kind of feels like it learned what the other ones did right and did that stuff again. And in some ways, in most ways, I'd say better. But it mm-hmm. somehow didn't learn from the mistakes. And that's where all the kids come into play where I'm like, there's still too many kids. Granted, I think these kids do a better job than we've ever seen before. And the two main lead kids, I'm like, all about. Totally believe you. I agree with Nick. There's always the one kid that I'm like, why is there this extra guy? <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, but I think as the premise, this one still does the same convoluted shit that the other ones do where there's always just too many demons. There's always just too many things going on at once where mm-hmm. for a movie called Annabelle Creation, mm-hmm. the – creation of annabelle doesn't seem explained in a way that feels valid to me where i'm like okay cool the kid dying named annabelle totally get it totally vibe but these people were also doll makers that's convoluting this into in a weird way where like that has nothing to do with annabelle people have jobs i know (laughs) but like I mean, so weirdly, I I get what you're saying in a way that's not connected. It it feels because they they have to do that whole explanation. They're like, you know, they use things that are scary, like don't disturb the wife. She's in that room. And you think there's some sort of scary and it's a really good motivator for, I feel like, the whole story because you're like, "Don't, don't go in there. That's a scary door. Is she the scary one or whatever? But it's also weird because then you get that explanation. You're like, oh, I feel like there's a whole piece of something like it's called Annabelle Creation. Maybe that was the Annabelle creation movie. This seems like Annabelle continuation of what she's still already doing, which is rampaging on these kids in a lot of ways. So it does feel, and this is something I guess all of the Cuckoo movies have to an extent, where they have this you know, second act reveal that now becomes the new engine for the movie in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. You know? and See, I have, no problem act- with, I have no problem with uh, the connection that 
Annabelle's the kid, the doll maker's there. That's how this all happens. It's more when you start, like, I feel like most of them do this, where you get to the ending and you're like, oh, man, I, I see how it connects to the next one. And then you think about it where it's like, mm-hmm. so wait, then in, in the in the next Annabelle, which is the first Annabelle we saw where, you know, yes. they, she comes mm-hmm. in. She, Annabelle, who the demon who inhabited the doll, <laughs> yeah. Annabelle, and tricked them that she was, she, that demon comes into that house living in the body of this kid and goes into that room and is like, oh, fuck, you have the doll. <laughs> you have the same. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that I inhabited this doll for like so <laughs> wow. long? And you have it. Great. Like, well, I just, that's I like, wait a second. They cured I polio? I kind of wrote that off as like the doll follows the spirit and vice versa. And so, like, they just, of course, their paths were going to converge again i thought that was actually pretty clever i did not see that coming where when the other couple gets killed and then it cuts and it's the right. it's the shots in the first one i was like oh that's it. why they call it creation so, so I get something, it. why didn't they get some, the same actor back i don't know <laughs> something something that was interesting is that elise and i watched conjuring one conjuring two skipped annabelle watched annabelle creation and then went back and watched when we because we saw Annabelle creation, we we're like, that was pretty good. We should go back and yeah. watch the other one. Oof. And then we went back and watched the other one. Sorely so disappointed. It was really interesting watching Annabelle creation with that end tag where mm. it's like, and here's what happened next. And this other thing and this other thing. And we're just staring at it going like, what the what is yeah. all that? What happened? But Why now did we another have another movie start, which is yeah. great. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I do. I will just to go back, though, like I think one of the film's faults, this one specifically, is that they do set up this couple to be kind of creepy the dad's a little bit more sympathetic than the mom the mom you don't see for the entire second act really and you're like oh she's gonna be super spooky and then when mm-hmm. we go to her she's just super normal just kind of tired mm-hmm. and then she's well, like it's happening i don't know about that her face is all burned she's pretty well, fucking yeah, spooky man burned, but, but doll they, don't, face. they have a moment where that i mean that that visual is scary but when i i was expecting her to be like get these fucking kids out of yeah. my house before I kill them. They're not my daughter. But when they come in there, she's like, you know, you should be a little open to these kids <laughs> yeah, being yeah. in the house. It might be good for you. And Anthony Apoglia, who, let's have a fucking shout out for So I Married an Axe Murderer, uh-huh. is just like, mm-hmm. you know what? You're right, Miranda Otto. I should be open to this. Also, why would we bring these children into this house if you knew there was a killer doll upstairs? Well, no. it's been 12 years. You're More right. That, like a, yeah. There's so much. There's so much. Why would you keep the killer doll in the house? Put it somewhere. Else. Literally fucking anywhere. You gotta else. capture it. You gotta keep it. You gotta keep it locked up. You gotta keep it locked up. Lock it up Bible somewhere room. else. That's not the place that you live. Too bad. You gotta keep your eye on it. You know this demon's out nah, there. No, no. And also, don't put a fucking Resident Evil video game style uh, key <laughs> in the dollhouse where <laughs> no, it is. No, no. It's like, why funny. is there a puzzle in this movie? That's so bizarre. Well, that's but, the other. That's the disconnect of the whole thing, right? Of like, so has the demon. Was the demon ever trapped in the room? Like, I, I didn't interpret that the key is in the dollhouse because the, the parents put it there. I put it that the demon put it there to be found. But what's the demon's powers that it can be locked in the Bible room, but it can also go outside and, like, leave notes and draw you into the, the Bible room to yeah. let it out? I sort of just read that it was dormant until the new souls came in. That It, it started like, feeding it. off that energy. That's kind of what I got, too. That's kind of where I was, yeah. As it started getting, as more of this shit started happening, the more powerful it seemed to get. And they make mm-hmm. a reference at some point that it's really powerful now. Are yeah. we but, like, to but, but going back to what I was saying about the, the parents. Did the demon kill their daughter? Like, was the no. demon? No, no, the daughter, no, the daughter died. Then they prayed, they prayed to, to any Satan. being that would uh, listen that they wanted the their daughter to come back. So I, daughter, I firmly <laughs> believe it was that Henry Ford <laughs> the assembly line. <laughs> it's like when Greg thinks it's super funny to pray to Lucifer, but he doesn't understand one day 
Portillo's going to Lucifer going to pray back. <laughs> Greg, I really need some help. Can you help me out? I'm like, ah, fuck. All right, you help me out a few times. BL's a bum. Let's go. The daughter dying. The daughter getting hit by the car. That was a Brutal. jump scare that like definitely got me in it. It got me in the mood for the movie where I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this one might actually be pretty good because my blood's already boiling. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the house and immediately it's such a weird thing where they do such a good job of building up that the wife is scary. And they, they talk about her face being messed up. And then you eventually kind of see her. You hear the bell. They give her all the, the scary elements that we've learned from Conjuring of, like, what makes something scary, the tells that you need to look for. Mm-hmm. But then there's this dad that decides to bring in 3,004 kids to this house mm-hmm. and then just be a dick. It's like at He's least learning to love again. He can't. But, yeah, he but can't that's so not yet. clear. This like, is the first step. Dick. This is just, the first step for him to open his heart again, which is to let open the door to his home, and then maybe they'll touch his heartstrings. I think he was trying to be a better man. But I get that, like if you were reading the script, but like watching <laughs> the movie, it kind of just seems like he invited a bunch of kids in the house and had the attitude of like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking talk to you. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, well, knowing I, full well that his house is haunted. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah maybe that's like, why he's protecting them. He's like, See, I'm not going to be this fun-loving dad because then someone's going to go up, find the magic key, you know, unlock the unlock the Bible door. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, I, that's if what they I got fear my authority, then they won't fuck around. But we know that's not how it takes. So I, I got that he wasn't trying to be a dick. I just got that he was like, he wasn't like even in the even in the beginning with the daughter, he just was very stern and sort of mm-hmm. a serious human being, and then. I think that there was this there's the moment of like he thinks this is sort of like their Christian duty to to bring these people in mm-hmm. and he's just not not really thinking about affection or you know what I mean I just I just got that he was just kind of a very serious character mm-hmm. and then he has moments where it's awkward but he just doesn't know how to act around this many girls because he you know his got hit by a car so mm-hmm. he didn't really get to experience that for so long but mm-hmm. I don't know I thought I thought I thought he was fine I thought he played it good I just thought they should have pushed Miranda Otto's character into a little bit more like I, I, what I thought was going to happen was she was going to be evil toward the girls to get them to leave the house mm-hmm. to save them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a much dimension to her besides being the half face. Well, t- she was. She, then she became even more than a half face. She became a half, <laughs> half person, person. Yeah, in what Scare- is arguably the most graphic style. sequence in in all the cuckoo thus far. For sure. Right? I was gonna say, Tim, you finally start getting your body count. You know what yeah. I mean? You've been looking finally. for the demons to finally start fucking killing people. Jesus, it took this long, and I'll give it to him, man. Like the deaths are gruesome, and the deaths like they hit Dude, you where where when where the dad's hurts, fingers yeah. get broken. Oh, oh it's, yeah. it's great. It's when so he's good. when he's holding on with that last picky, I was like, that's. Go. Good on him, because at a Let certain point, I lose two or three. I'm dropping the crucifix, and, those are, and I'm going for it. But he was like, no. Yeah, those are doll-making hands. Those are That's doll the moneymaker. He's not going to make another Say the snap in your, your fingies. Yeah. What do you, do you do? think he was still making the dolls? <laughs> I thought I was. I had that wonder if he had stopped, because like he oh, has the room still heart. shit, but like it, I don't know. We don't a see doll him A dollmaker never stops making <laughs> dolls, <laughs> even if it's they true. haven't put one together in over 15 years. He's putting them together up here. You know what I mean? He's designing new ones up here. I understand. He's like, hmm, what about nightmare cheeks, nightmare some fun facts i got for you here the farmhouse was also used as dolores's home in westworld that's a fun fact uh this is the first conjuring film in which ed and lorraine warren are not featured or mentioned in any way mm, okay because they would have been babies yeah, mm-hmm. they're too young yeah but i mean even yeah. in the like ending mm-hmm. bits uh but uh the the mask that Miss Mullins is wearing is seen in the Warrens' haunted objects in the Conjuring. Oh, 
okay. That's that's some details. Uh, that's some details. I don't know if you guys noticed this. One of the very hidden Easter eggs was when the sister shows a photo of her with other nuns. And then there's a holographic like tops baseball card tinfoil <laughs> evil nun in the background. I don't know if you saw that. I, you know, I missed it the first time, but then after I <laughs> rewound it, it, I rewatched it. I never it. met now that, that fucking ghoul. Yeah. <laughs> so something <laughs> I like that this movie remember. did a lot. Who's that in the corner? Yeah, <laughs> I just like that her reaction wasn't Jesus fucking Christ. Was, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember <laughs> seeing her around. No, we but, weren't friends. An example of what I was saying earlier about this movie kind of learning what the other ones do well and applying it here is there's more times in this movie than any other one where in the background, in the darkness, you just Mm. see eyes or you just see like a hand Mm -hmm. or just like random things moving in like motion and stuff. And it's a lot scarier that way than when you see Valak in his weird ass form, like Mm -hmm. standing over like a shitty Ryuk from Death Note. It's like, all right, that's not scary. (laughs) Oh, the totally. practical scares are great in this one as well. And I'm sure that's a product of the budget. But just even when they're running to the well, the sound design there, oh, there's, yeah, big, the there's a big sound scare that happens. Yeah, the footsteps. And it's great in that the little girl plays it so well. Her reaction yeah. is perfect. And same thing for that same actress from when she's under the stairs. And we get Annabelle in the chair and then the demon eyes, right? Just the eyes and the hand and the scraping metal oh, yeah. sound. Like, you're mm-hmm. like, ah, even watching that, I was like, ah, God. Yeah, yeah, I think they, they really cons- pull it off. They made a concerted effort to make this a little bit more artistic as well. Like there's a couple of shots in this. And I was like, that was actually really beautifully done shot, specifically when they're we're going through the um, the closet and the camera turns upside down and then goes to the well. And then it just is a match cut up into the well. And the oh, girls yeah. look over and they're like, what's going on in this well? I was like, that was That's actually great. a really cool foreshadowing device of like this shit's going to wind up somewhere in the well, you know, and and a and I, moments like that. A very cool thing with that is the just the production design and kind of the idea of like building the fear into the place that they're at, which is something that we've seen now multiple times every time in these movies is the house is such a key element to the entire movie. Right. And like the, the house kind of has its own backstory and like at least the rooms and all this shit. And I feel like that's why Annabelle one really fell apart is that there was two houses. There was an apartment, yeah. there was the house. And like, we, we built something up, tore it down, whatever. This one, we got to know this place. We understood the way that it was all set up with the, the well outside. But there are crosses and upside down crosses everywhere in the design mm. of this building. So anytime the camera does that type of turn, it's like you're still seeing crosses and that's then you great. see the upside down cross turning into a normal cross. And I'm like, oh, cool. that's a cool ass design. Yeah. And I, I was reading some uh, facts about that that are talking about how it uh, was like supposed to show that this this house still had positive and negative energy in it at the same time. Oh my, that's that's someone who put a lot of thought into I, the movie they were making. Yeah, to echo what you're saying about the first Annabelle really kind of uh, bogarting the fact that the location can be a character. This one set up so many great locations within it: the well, the closet, the chair. Um, like there, there's just all these little pieces of texture to this house that make these scares possible. And I, I really mm-hmm. like that. I, I love mm-hmm. when the setting is a character too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the little scarecrows lounge in the farmhouse, <laughs> or whatever the hell that was like when, when she starts getting pushed by the nun oh, yeah. in the, the wheelchair, oh, that's yeah. a moment that should have been corny and stupid oh, it's, it's and like great. totally taken me out of it because it's broad daylight. And it's mm-hmm. like, this should not be scary seeing this nun run, but we've seen the nun run. We know about that. Right. And mm-hmm. her running, and pushing her into this house, I was scared. And I'm like, totally. it's a perfect example of a horror movie winning me over where I'm like, cool, 
and it's, you've sold me on this world so much that I will get scared by something that's not scary. Mm-hmm. And it's playing with the tropes, right? Because even the way that the sister brings her out is like, it'd be good to feel the sun on your face. Like uh, traditionally, as we've talked before, right? Being outside on a sunny day, you can hear the other kids laughing. That's usually a safe spot. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the way they play it of the hands wrapping around and pushing and she even looks back. But the way they do it with the silhouette, the sun behind the it, sun, you can't, yeah. you know, it's not the sister, but you, you don't know who it is pushing her. So great. And, and shout out to that younger actress, too, who I yeah. don't I don't I haven't seen her in anything else before. But Annabelle. Did, no, sorry. Hold on. I was reading the wrong one. Sorry. Uh, fuck, no, I fucked up. Like I remember what you're saying. Annabelle Creation. No. Um, Talitha uh, Eleni Bateman. Oh, yeah. Yes, I think of she did course. Job. The star <laughs> of Away, which was just canceled by Netflix and is an injustice. I need to know how they live on Mars. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I watched the first episode of that. Is it good? <laughs> I enjoyed I myself. Nick hated it, but Nick hate, hate, likes bad movies, so I don't know how to take any bear from that. I it's do. not the best thing ever, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. I want to give another note to sort of like him really kind of knowing who his, who his main characters are when that was another thing I, I had an issue with um, with The Conjuring 2, which I was like, who are they? We've got too many characters here and we're splitting too much time between them. I like that this did kind of a pass off where mm-hmm. it sets off that Janice is sort of our main character, but really it's Jan- it's the two younger girls who are apart from the group, both visually and like emotionally because they're the two youngest. And then, mm-hmm. you know, she's got polio, so she can't keep up with them playing all those things. And this is her friend who sort of pities her. But they give that nice little handoff midway where they build that second character up just enough. And you're like, oh, she's going to die. And then Janice mm-hmm. is going to have to deal with it. And then, no, oh, no, Janice is the one that starts murking people with a fucking kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and this other girl has to be the one to solve it. And that's that normally wouldn't – it's really hard to do and it wouldn't work. But for me, it worked in this. By the time mm-hmm. we get her to the well, you're like, oh, I now feel like we have switched over perspective and now we're with her. And yep. I thought, and then there's a moment when when everything kind of goes crazy and we sort of we we start going on different planes of action with the, specifically the nun and the other girls, um, which is good as well. But kudos to them because it kind of reminds me of I'm going to say this, but maybe not Psycho, where you're like, this is our main character, and we're with them for a second, mm-hmm. and then they just nope, they're off the rails, and now we've got another main character. Uh, and you just don't see that too much. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, Nick, I, I appreciate you bringing this up because I loved how they they did that as well, and they set it up so well in the beginning where there's the beginning opening kind of scenes to get you scared, the little kid dies, all that. Like, we're used to that with these horror movies, especially with the Conjuring movies. But then you're on the bus, or whatever that is, uh, getting them to the house, and it seems like the main character is uh, Linda, right? Like, you're focusing on her. She's mm-hmm, talking kinda. to the other girl. And mm-hmm. everything kind of seems based around her experience with it. But she's like, hey, we're going to get a house and you're going to come with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. kind of the the vibe. And immediately then it's like, oh, no, no, no. The main character is Janice. Mm-hmm. And once you get to the, the house and once it's revealed that she has the, the disability, she does. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But then for them to midway through the movie, flip it back. I think that's why it worked is yeah. that mm-hmm. they set it up mm-hmm. early that we had that's expectations true. on yeah. the first little girl. And it's like. You know what, guys? I think this might be my number one. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, it definitely is. Again, just as and I was just from a, a visual standpoint, I'm like, this is such a cut above what everyone else was doing in the Conjuring universe. That like, could give him. Has he directed more of these, or is this is the only one he's directed? Do we know? I don't know. I can look he it up. Did he's just good, man? I think this is the only one. And also, I just want to give a shout out to the fact that his um, cinematographer has the best name ever. His name is sorry. I was going. Uh, where is uh, his cinematographer? Is Maxim Alexandra. Wow. Think about that, James. Very you thought your James Willem was cool. <laughs> I don't ever thought James Willem was cool. That's pretty cool. I wanted to be named, yeah, Alexander uh, 
powerhouse or something. <laughs> it's not too late. Uh, I'm power. Lex Powerhouse. <laughs> yeah. Arms. The powers. the uh. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 Before we move on, <laughs> let me tell you about our sponsors. Oh. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. 2020 is nuts, but that doesn't mean you should disregard your beautiful nuts. Oh my God. Manscaped is on a mission to take care of your twins with their below the waist grooming and hygiene products. And they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. So now all of you beautiful people out there uh, from the, in the rest of the world that aren't in America get to enjoy what I've been enjoying down under. For a very long time uh, they also just released the crop care kit which is a formulation bundle to give you a plus balls and is the ultimate male hygiene hack uh, the crop care kit includes the crop preserver ball deodorant that andy's been talking about for a long time uh, the name speaks for itself the crop reviver it's a ball toner a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. I haven't tried that yet, but I'm pretty stoked to. And the crop mop ball wipes. Uh, you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. Uh, they do a whole bunch of other stuff too, including the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. We've talked about it before. It offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Uh, it's all good stuff. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know your manhood is in good hands. Uh, you can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code MORNING. That's manscaped.com, code MORNING. Get 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com with the code MORNING. Now, that's about getting rid of hair you don't want, but what about if you want to keep some hair that you do want? That's where Keeps comes into play. Uh, here's the deal. Nick, Andy, both of them realized a long time ago that uh, their hair was starting to, to thin out a little bit, and they were like, we need to do something about this, and they are not alone. Uh, There's about 66% of men will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35, and the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. Uh, you used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Uh, it's one of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. You can find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month, plus for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Uh, all you got to do is go to Keeps.com slash morning. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash morning. Keeps.com slash morning to get your first month of treatment free. And finally, this one's a little bit different, Bespoke Post. They have this thing called the Box of Awesome, and let me tell you, it really is a box of awesome things. Uh, Blessing recently got some dope shoes. Kevin got some dope hue lights. So did Joey. Um, I got some dope like craft cocktail kit stuff going on. Really cool. Uh, this fall, as you get back into the swing of things, Bespoke Post is brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips bespoke post only sends you the best stuff every month no matter what you're into you just go to the site you do a quiz it lets you know what you're into what you want then they send you a box of super awesome stuff each box only costs 45 dollars, but has over 70 dollars worth of cool stuff inside get 20 percent off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code morning at checkout that's boxofawesome.com code morning for 20 percent off your first box 
before Elise gets her Now, thought, Elise, what's up? Wait, before she does that, Tim, um, you started agreeing with me, and I was like, Tim usually only agrees with me when he's about to segue into an ad. And I'm oh. happy you didn't. I'm happy I just made a point that actually resonated with I you. I really That's thought hilarious. the way he had set it up, like how he had bounced right? it off of you, it was like, oh, he's about to go into an ad right now. I'm happy that's, you brought that up, Nick, because I'm wearing me undies. <laughs> that's, that's very funny because this is one of the rare times we're going to do the ads, record them after the show, and I don't even know what the ads are. So I, oh, I wish yeah. I had the segue. I'm sorry, guys. I'm letting you down. That's okay. Elise, sorry you to say? distract. Oh, no, sorry. I, I just had a brain freeze. I, I was just thinking, like, we haven't really talked about the, the end in which uh, the little girl Janice, go, Janice disappears. Sure. And uh, which I felt was kind of like she ate I wasn't, right through the wall like a rat. Yeah, she scratches. <laughs> yeah. <her> right <laughs> I didn't. I didn't truly love her just disappearing and then turning up again at the orphanage. I mean, again, See, I kind of liked it. Laying groundwork, though, I did like how that room that had Bible stuff all over it also had one Rita Hayworth poster. And I was like, what's under that poster? And then you find out at the end. Cop comes in, throws a rock, goes right there. You're like, no. What about you, fuzzy britches? Uh, I liked it because it was the different ending, right? Of the, the uh, Obviously, you know, the first Annabelle, the demon wins or whatever, I guess, by having that woman commit suicide. But it still was like, oh, everything's still okay. Like, I like the idea that she got away and even this being my second viewing i i kind of forgot that it goes and attaches to the the you know movies we know right by then having her be on the run at another orphanage and then running into those parents again and getting brought back and having it all go like again yeah like i understand that the doll and the demon are all like you know playing in the same hands and all these things are happening in a very specific way to get them back together but even my jokes from before, of like, all right, it's kind of ridiculous the way that happens. I appreciated the way it dovetails so perfectly. Yeah, I, I, I do too. But like, my this is weird because I love cinematic universes probably more than anything else in this world. Wow, when they work, you have a fiance. I, yeah, I do. It goes. It definitely goes. CUs and then Gia. You know. Uh, but with that, I, I love that how these movies can kind of stand alone and then have like a little bit at the end that ties it in that almost feels unrelated, like. Hey, it's a great movie, but let's tie it into the other things because that's fun and we enjoy that. And that's why we like this type of stupid nonsense that is a cinematic universe. But I just feel like this one was a leap too far where I'm like, so you're – and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because I might have missed something from this. But like this little girl that we just kind of spent two – or not even two hours, like an hour and 50 minutes with uh, in this movie that we got to know has now escaped. The demon is still in her. She then goes to an orphanage. There's a time jump for her turning into a what, 20 year old or whatever it is. A brunette right, right? as well. Right. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> and uh, then she's in the original animal movie, and like we know what happened there, where there's the cults and all of that, whatever. But what about in between that? There's she just looked, a demon just going to high school. Puberty Storm was a, puberty is the demon, and you can't. <laughs> this is like legitimately like you know in the Dark Knight thing where the Joker's talking to Two Face, and he's like, "I'm a dog chasing a car. What would happen if I catch it? The demon wins, and it's just like." Ah, oh, fuck. I guess I'll go back to an orphanage. I don't know. I, yeah. I'll, I mean, but it just, I'll do the long game to get into this cult to yeah. show them I'm the demon to bring about another demon that I guess is, is me. Yeah, I just feel like last week point. we made a joke at some point about like Annabelle go, or like two weeks ago about Annabelle goes to college. But this very much kind of like opens up like uh, an animal Annabelle high school Netflix show. It's it, just sure. trying to figure herself out. It for sure is a give and take with I feel like the cuckoo as a whole. Like it, 
I think the only reason we're talking so positively about this movie that is the sequel to a spin-off movie, it's a prequel sequel to the spin-off movie of some sort of si- aside from the first Conjuring movie. The only reason we're talking about it so highly is because someone said, figure out something that's scary, make it make something scary and compelling and then at the end we'll just figure we'll just somehow figure out how to, how to tie it together so yeah. it doesn't feel like we're going to end up with anything that feels like an iron man 2 which it only kind of exists to serve the greater universe mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. so it's a give and take i, I do think that we're going to end up with more stuff like this where it goes and 50 years later something else related to all of this happens which is mm-hmm. that doesn't feel like it's coherent right but so it is a good point, though, Tim, because you you're I think you're starting to see the limitations of this sort of demon haunting story, which mm-hmm. is that what happens if the demon wins? You're right. What do they go to 7-Eleven for a Slurpee? Like, what is their next? We, mm-hmm. though, and, and then it's like the whole I guess the first part was like, I'm going to torture you until you kill yourself to give me your soul. That was mm-hmm. the whole that was what the demon from this movie wanted. But then the demon says it in this. They're like, he's I want your soul. And then it gets someone's souls and then it kills 40 people. And it's like, what about those souls? Are you just banking those? And I guess that's the answer to your question, Tim. It was just eating those souls for 12 years straight. And then when it got hungry again, it was like, I need to go back out into the world. Um, but I don't know. You know. I, also, how did they win? They, I guess they just locked it in the room. And the thing was like, I guess I'm done for the night. Yeah. <laughs> the same that room that I got locked in and easily can get out of all the mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. I don't know. They that's also weird. still don't have anywhere else to go. They didn't resolve that. It's not like it's not like they got on the bus and found a like a giant wad of cash that they were. I like, kind of thought they were going to inherit, inherit the home. Yeah, but we you know what I mean. Everybody's <laughs> dead. You're the last people standing. I guess you own this house now. Mm-hmm. We know there's a whole bunch of truck drivers out there. Basically, <laughs> someone will come by and get them. Yeah, so, you know? someone will take care of you poorly. We bought Greg. it sight unseen. Yeah, let's get into some of the fun little little bits here. What do you got for me? Elise, hit the song. Seven syllables in the middle. You can have one. a pretty good time. Give me a ragu bagu. No, at least give me ragu bagu. Da 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 da. Ragu. Da 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 da. Bagu. Whoa! What's up, everybody? Welcome to a podcast within a podcast where we rank the best scares and the best beasties of the cuckoo, the conjuring cinematic universe. Right now, for best scares, remember, best scare is unranked. Meaning these are just like shout outs. These are awards given. No ranking needed. Uh, for The Conjuring, we said the fucking clap. For Annabelle, we said the girl to crazy woman in the doorway. And for Conjuring 2, <laughs> we said the nun to the hallway to the painting. <laughs> what is the best scare of Annabelle creation? I like that sheet. That sheet scare. I, I, know, I get what you're saying that it's like too. a six foot tall man. They miscast mm-hmm. the body double. <laughs> but uh, I did like that. I uh, I think that I mean to me the scariest moment was the the bunk bed scene where what's what's the other character's name not Janice Linda. the other one Linda. Linda Linda has that moment where she hears something running at her and she turns around and it's not there yeah and then she does whatever I guess the last the only rational thing you can do at that point when you're cornered you're like I gotta elevate so she goes up to the top and then you hear the footsteps again looks over and sees the muddy footsteps like the dark like yeah, yeah, yeah. footsteps going underneath the bed and i'm like oh don't do it do not cut to a shot of her looking down the crack and what do they do tim she, you just see her eye peer down and it's just what is she annabelle damn it and then and the, the demon hand comes hand in and hand grabs hand. it Great. i'm like oh, okay this is enough for me i don't need this anymore <laughs> 
I, I love that. I, t- yeah, yeah. But I, would, I would go with sheet out of those two. I agree that when the, yeah, the sheet stood up and I was, and then fell down. Creepy. The one for me, similar to last week when we were doing conjuring two, I was talking about the, the little fire engine where it's like, we yeah. see it coming, but that's what makes it scary to me is that when it actually happens, the way that they edited it and delayed and just mm-hmm. the pacing of it was so good for a scare. For me, it was the creepy chair going up the stairs thing where it's like, mm-hmm. this is so obvious what's happening. Like, yeah. there's no way they're going to make this scary. But when that demon's like chasing her and you're sitting here as an audience member, like the seatbelt, the fucking seatbelt. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. that's that's good. And I feel like they pay off that energy with the jump scares at the right time to like really mm-hmm. get you. It's the only time so far in these movies that Joey Noel legitimately screamed out loud. Wow. <laughs> So, interesting. That's what that I'm gonna something. say. That's, that's, that's what I'm gonna right. say. All right, some good awards there. Good awards there. <laughs> and then for best beastie, we currently have number one Valak in The Conjuring two, number two Bathsheba in Conjuring, and number three Annabelle's demon in Annabelle. Where do we want to put Annabelle's demon in Annabelle well, creation? <laughs> I want to toss out a wild card here. The Scarecrow <laughs> Man. <Wild> card. <laughs> Scarecrow Man shows up late in the film, <laughs> kind of out of place. Yeah. But uh, I wish we scary. got more with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I uh, when when they're trying to turn over the engine and the lights are going and you see mm-hmm. him even if as uh, us as a viewer we know it's going to move. We see it start to move, but it is so disorienting the way they do it that I really feel that other nameless second oldest girl in the car's fear of like, mm-hmm. oh my god, wait, guys, that's moving or whatever. And then you get into the thing with Miss Marvel running mm-hmm. around and the bulbs break, getting unscrewed and then broken and like it's cool, but I wanted more of him. I really yeah, did like yeah. Scarecrow. And I feel like we deserved – I feel like there was more, and this is another one of those examples that I don't know this, but like it feels like there was a plan that they just didn't fully go through with because he's in the same pose that the mom is when she dies. So I think that they were trying to somehow like imply that those two instances were related of some sort because it's at the same time frame in the movie where she dies mm-hmm. that the Scarecrow kind, kind of like comes alive. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's a cool idea, but it it wasn't. It feels a little too heavy handed to have not had a payoff that actually, yeah, worked. Yeah. But having said that. that, I think that I I think this is number one for me because I think that wow. they did a really good job of when you think about what Annabelle was or what Valak or whatever the fuck it is at this point was actually haunting it being Janice, our main character. Mm-hmm. I was convinced with that. Like I was scared of her, and I was scared for her. And I think I've never felt that in any of these movies so far where this one still has a lot of the issues we've seen before where it gets convoluted. And when you add the other elements and like Scarecrow and all that shit, it gets kind of weird. But just looking about the Annabelle demon, I think she is better in this than ever before. And Janice is the actor is fantastic. And yeah, she does a really great. good job as a little job. kid. And it's scary to, to have grown with her having the uh, disabilities that she has and then to see her moving the way she is and all that. That's scary, right? And like adding on top of that, I feel like it, it makes sense and adds up more than it has in the past, especially in Annabelle One. I agree. I, I think I think I think it's way more supported in this, and you're with these characters, and you see that trans transformation. Like you care about Janice, and then so when she switched, and you care about um, why can I not? Linda. Apparently not. Not Linda. Enough. Linda. Apparently, I don't care about enough. I can't remember her name. But you care about these two characters, and you care about their friendship, and you understand the tribute, the trials and tribulations they've gone through. So when you see janice make that transformation it it hits you and then of course it's they just they tastefully put the demon there like in the background here and there just so you understand that that's the thing pulling everyone's strings um 
I, I mean, I was I was very invested in this in that whole story from start to finish. So I could see this being number one as well. I agree with everything you're saying. I really do appreciate the demon and Annabelle creation. Uh, I think I'd still put it at number two below Valak. Same. There's something about Valak and the presence of Valak and the old man and all yeah. that that I found. It's it's it's. I guess you know it's all in what you taste or what you prefer, what your tastes are. What what do you taste like? Uh, But it's the idea of like I think more in your face versus more cerebral, which is what this demon played out, right? With the footsteps, Mm -hmm. with the sheet, with the whatever. I liked the jump scare of the old man before I liked him being in the reflections and stuff. Yeah, but for me, for Valak though, like Valak being the big bad guy, that was the big problem I had with the Conjuring too, which was that with that just seemed it just didn't wasn't set up well enough. It kind of felt cheap when they were like, "Well, you thought this guy was bad." Really, the bad guy is Valak. You're like, who's Valak again? Oh, it's the the nun. I thought that was just a side story thing. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I guess apparently there is. Is there a movie about this nun called? The oh, nun? there is. Guess re- get ready for it for next, <laughs> next week, week, baby. That's next week. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I saw that pop up and I was, like, I was like, all those wow, questions you don't have will be answered. Yeah, I guess <laughs> well, so. it may raise some other questions for you too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm with Greg. I'm still mainline conjuring film in first above. This is a really, really excellent effort. I do love the Warrens, though, mm-hmm. and what they bring to those stories so much. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still conjuring. Well, are we talking this. just purely this right now? Right now we're just building. Right now we're just talking about the Raggy Baggy. Okay. You can still agree with me and put it below Val. I I agree with Greg. Yeah, I agree with Greg. I think that I think that there's just well, I mean, Valak is a global dominator, and I respect that. I respect that reach. You know, so. <laughs> all right there you have it then uh number two now is annabelle's demon and annabelle creation right below valak there we go what else do we got now we did best scare we did ragu bagu we have haiku in review we do have hit haiku the song review. hit the song at least seven syllables in the mail why do i forget the words <laughs> from last time those weren't even words it's not like you forgot the words you know the seven syllables in the middle Five, four, the first and last lines. If you have to do it, don't need to do it. I <laughs> just don't do it. If you have to do it, just don't do don't it. Do you it. Know? If you have to do it, just don't do it. Haikus are hard to find. Yes, Haikus yes. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, just like no one did uh, this week, actually. Nobody nobody wrote in a haiku in review no form. No haikus. Fair. People were too obsessed with Catwoman. Uh, there were many, many Fair. Catwoman Fair. haikus that Let's were read some that of those. Were written read some in. of those. Don't be a coward. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, the the one I'll read now is from Andrew Feisner. It's that cat again, and she took my basketball. Blink, motherfucker. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> it could also theoretically be about Annabelle creation. It could be about Annabelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah with basketball. That. Yeah, let's just pretend it was. Let's just right, pretend it was. Now it is time to rank the Conjuring. Do, do, we, do we need to check in know. with anybody, Tim? Oh, you're you're right. Where is you're Andy? Right. That's a good oh, question. Yeah. We, he's been real recording busy for so this, long without even questioning where he was. He's this bit. Real busy. He doesn't even do the songs. Hey, in review crew, it's me, Andy from Kind of Funny. Sorry, I couldn't be there again. A lot of scheduling issues have been have been happening. I apologize for that. Um, I checked the schedule. I, I thought I checked it at least, but um, I'm actually flying back home for Christmas with to go be with my family. So um, I hope you'll have a wonderful holiday, all of you. Uh, but I watched the movie and I loved it. I thought it was a great change of pace. And uh, I would say my favorite part is probably towards the end. I think that's the most emotional, the most emotionally impacting uh, impact that I felt throughout the whole movie. Um, 
where they you know he's finally arrested right we finally got the guy we arrested him and, and fbi is all cia everybody's kind of like you know circling on, on the on the enemy and uh the guy looks at him and he's like uh, you finally got your guy and he's like but he's like i'm you're gonna get arrested you're gonna arrest me and stuff but let me look at this wave this is all i've wanted to do like this is what my whole life's been about um and then uh and then he he un he undoes the handcuffs right undoes the handcuffs because he was handcuffed to the other guy and he goes via con dios and then he goes off and, and hits that that you know, a 50 year storm wave, that big wave that he's always been wanting to do. So I was, it was a great moment. And then, you know, main characters walking down the beach and chucks his, his FBI badge into the, into the water, which I think, I think was really cool and very symbolic. Um, I can't wait for next week. Thank y'all for having me. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see y'all next time. It's weird that he kind of turned into Keanu for a second when he was like, I can't wait for next week. It's like, that's yeah. weird. Why would you do it's that? Also, it's also weird how he says, like, hey, kind of funny crew. Because, like, he works with I mean, you. he's here. He yeah, he was yeah, just yeah, on the show. He wants the job with you guys now. Yeah. Uh, is anyone else shocked and surprised and, like, pleasantly surprised at how much Andy knows about the last 10 minutes of Point Break? <laughs> Are we sure that was Point Break, though? It could have been Enemy of the State starring Gene Hackman and Will Smith. Wow! I just I just DVR. Jason that. Lee was in that too. Don't forget, <laughs> he was in that. I just DVR'd that. God, <laughs> shouldn't you damn. be on TikTok? <laughs> All right, it's time to rank the Conjuring cinematic universe. Uh, currently, number one, The Conjuring. Number two, The Conjuring. Two. Number three, Annabelle. Where are we gonna put? Annabelle creation. I already said it earlier in the show. I've somehow convinced myself during it that Annabelle creation is my number one. And I, I know that that's blasphemous for our, all of the like hardcore conjuring fans. Fuck but like <laughs> the Annabelle universe, Tim, yeah. I, I just, I do. I just feel like this one does more right than it does wrong. And I think yeah. that it does the right stuff better and the wrong stuff better as well. Oh, okay. I, I don't think you're wrong, Tim. I think this is a really fun uh, cuckoo entry. I would put it uh, number one. We said it's still Conjuring one, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I would put it below Conjuring one at number two. I still think Conjuring one has a special sauce to it. I love the Warrens. Uh, I yeah. I do. I loved the team they had assembled. I loved the clap. I everything they. I, we're just repeating ourselves, but everything they built in that thing. Of course, uh, the truck driver yeah. and too many kids and everything else. Of course, but I still think that that is the heart of all this, and I think uh, is a I was more that movie never lost me and this one never lost me but there was times where I was like how much more is left all right like yeah. okay let's really because I'm saying this so one could uh, run but it ran fast though and that's my thing this one went briskly whereas like all the conjuring movies for as much as I love both the first two they're long movies they're too long there's a there's a lot whereas this is not too long it's a key thing I think it comes down to like we were talking earlier about scares you like. I think I like the scares more in Conjuring one than this one, but I didn't not like these. I'm not saying I didn't like this movie. Get I'm, off my back. I'm I'm actually with him on this one. I think this one was. I think this was the most streamlined and the and the one that kind of perfected the secret sauce of all of the Conjuring series. And I don't, you know, I don't have a stake in this at all because I've never watched these movies. Uh, you know. I'm not like a hardcore Conjuring fan where I go to like drive throughs and shit in Canada to watch this stuff. Yeah, but um. Or drive heads. I We're guess. called con heads. <laughs> um, that'd be amazing. Um, but I just think this movie like got me from start to finish. It's it's the only one I've watched in the series so far that I didn't feel compelled to pause for a second, and go do something else, and come back to it. Um, 
I, I liked it. I thought, again, I think that it was beautifully directed. I think the cast was good. And I think I kind of liked that at the end they lose. And it's like, we're off to the next one. We're just going to kill some more people. It's kind of cool. I don't know. James, it all comes down to you. It really. So I, I mean, I got to go conjuring number one. I don't think there's, cause I think it's the heart. It's the heart of this whole universe. I think, it, you know, you don't have, I think I agree with that. What everyone's saying, I think Annabelle creation is, is way better than it had any right to be. But I think the only reason it exists is because there was this other film that impacted so many people in such a grandiose way. I, I also think that Annabelle creation is an example of a horror movie that is like, just great at being a horror movie, but I think the reason that there is a cuckoo and the reason the conjuring is this thing that we're even bothering discussing is because someone wanted to make a horror movie that tried to elevate what a horror movie could be. And and I think so I think it'll be really hard for for me to be talked out of conjuring number one. I would even say I, I really like conjuring two as well because I think it, it, it strives for those same things that the conjuring one did. But I think if you ask me on a Wednesday, I might say Annabelle number two. But if you ask me on a Thursday, I might say Conjuring two. So I definitely go Conjuring one, and then two, three. I'm I'm open to discussion. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I mean, I think it's a one, two. I think the 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 race between first, second, and third is very, very close for me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. with everything you guys said there, I just for some reason I think I liked the simplicity of this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think the Conjuring does more with with obviously different characters, and they also have the they do have the added fun factor of like get the team together and get all the equipment, which I always think is I'm a sucker for that. Um, and I and I was I, I went into this one thinking I'm gonna miss this. I need I need the I need the dude from Watchmen and Vera Farmiga to come like <laughs> take care of this. Cool. You know his name, Patrick Wilson. I think is his name. Yeah, um, you absolutely know. Thank you. I just couldn't think of it at the time. Uh, so, but but again, I think it, that's even missing all those elements. I thought this movie just moved. It was good. And it was I think also good time it's like hour 43 something like that tim i got nothing better going on me. so i want hour 50 hour well, 50 <laughs> yeah, I just feel like whenever whenever we start getting above two hours of the horror movie i'm like i don't give a fuck how scary this is i'm just totally. tired <laughs> and i just don't want to so fight. true it's not a good thing when your movie goes like two hours 14 minutes and you're like you know what fuck it kill them all i'm on your side <laughs> i stab them all in the face let's go to burger king all right let's let's do the official in review vote who thinks that annabelle creation is better than annabelle raise your hand we all raise our hand who thinks it's better than conjuring Two? raise your hand oh i don't know well it's, it's been decided for you so i disagree but, then she, can't, but... She, she can't vote from here on out if she doesn't put her hand up yeah i mean it doesn't even matter do one. it doesn't matter <laughs> so here we go then mm-hmm. oh i guess who thinks it's I'm better okay than with, uh, i'm okay with this than conjuring one raise your hand just the two of us. Just me and Nick. So that means number one, Conjuring one. Number two, Annabelle Creation. Number three, Conjuring two. And number four, Annabelle. We will be back next week with The Nun. Nick, do you have a question? I do. Is it possible in your brain that we can figure out a way to lock Andy in a room and film him watching all these movies back to back to back for like 19 <sighs> hours? And then a do a room that cut? has Bible passages yeah, taped exactly. up on the walls. <laughs> I tried real hard to get him to do this. He did not want to. And Andy, normally, I could push him into things. But this... When, mm-hmm. I, I also was asking him to please do it. And then when we were watching the first one, I went, oh, no, Andy, Andy couldn't have done it. You couldn't have done it. Until next time. Scare you later. <laughs> nice. <laughs>